Introducing the Dark Girl Boss Podcast for the melanated woman and girl across the globe. Unlock your genes of greatness. Feel powerful within the skin you are in. Love your unique DNA through our stories, facts, original narratives, quotes and poems. Join me, your host, Khadija Ward, on all major podcast platforms. Feel great and do great with the Dark Girl Boss Podcast, not to be missed. Welcome, 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 Empresses. This is the Dark Girl Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Khadija Ward. This is episode three, isms, colonialism, racism, feminism, and colorism. Let's start with touching on last week's episode, Badass Warrior Queens. We have to address the issue of our young empress who was gang-beaten by the gang of cave-dwelling racist Neanderthals. Our young queen proved her warrior status. It's in her DNA. The question is, now what do we do about it? And how do we prevent other such attacks? I was proud, I must say, of the young kings organising to protect the young emperors, as it should be. As I always say, in ancient times, the dark woman was revered and held in high regard as goddess by the dark man. And that was proven in last week's actions. What we have to remember, though, is that these are all reactionary measures. They're good because we are showing them we don't tolerate their behaviour, and you know, when we when we unite in crowds, that is what scares them. But we are dealing with systemic issues and our reactions to their treatment of us are just band-aids. These people are trained from birth through the system to fear us, ill-treat us and kill us. We could spend hours and hours on listing all of the unjust beatings and murders against us. And what we find is there is a pattern in their behaviour and in ours too. We allow it to continue because we are living in their system and it's their rules. If we go back to the attack on the young queen from last week, look at where she was. She attends an institution, a so-called school, that is created by the oppressor, oppressor. Sorry. We put our children in the oppressor's institution to be brainwashed by them, and we open our young people up to attacks. As they spend each and every day that turns into years amongst them, it's like throwing them to the wolves. Think, why are we putting our young kings and queens in the clutches of the oppressors? Because we ourselves are still in chains in our minds. We have come to accept that the oppressors' way is the right way. And removing ourselves from them is not an option in our minds. We stay to be further tortured and make every excuse under the sun as to why we cannot unite and remove ourselves from amongst the European. I was born here. We were here first. I'm not running. This is my country too. Yes, but are we in control of our lives here? The answer is no. We are still 
in chains. We are still like slaves. You know, I always talk about, um, and my whole brand is based upon the greatness of the African, genes of greatness and returning to that greatness by self-belief, which, which turns to action. We do not truly believe that we are great. If we did, we would not continue to put our children into their school system. We would not continue to put ourselves into their nine to five corporate plantation. We would not continue to spend all of our wealth in their system. We would not continue to allow ourselves to be beaten, jailed and murdered through their system. We cannot continue to beg the European to be nice to us and assimilate ourselves into their system. It's madness. I'm not saying pack my one suitcase, pick up my two foot and run off to Jamaica tomorrow. I'm saying we have to strategize behind the scenes to ultimately remove ourselves from the European system. And that is what this podcast is all about. And also the Dark Girl Boss community. That's what it's all about. Create unity, create economic power, remove our money from the European tax system. Empire build. Akon said it the best when he said, Africa is the only place in the world where black people can go and build Fortune 500 companies from scratch within five years. Black people, go back to Africa. Whatever you're doing here, do it there. Whether it's real estate, entertainment, education, whatever, do it there. Let me tell you about my tour company, Jeans of Greatness Tours. Um, I run heritage trips to Sierra Leone. So December 2023, I'm running an all-girls trip to show you, in the first instance, the magnificence of Sierra Leone. So more about that when you join me on the Dark Girl Boss private community platform, the safe place to strategize. <laughs> I'm back, girls. Let's talk isms. Imagine this just for one moment. We unite as a people. And let's say 50% of us, all at the same time, removed ourselves and our money from the UK economy. What do you think would happen to the economy? Hello, it would collapse. The pound would shrink to an all-time low, it would become worthless. That's why the European strategizes years in advance to keep you within the system. It wants you under control. It wants you to keep its economy going by paying into its tax system and circulating your wealth within it and feeding its needs. To keep you under control so you don't know your greatness, you don't unite with your kings. They use all the isms. Let's deconstruct. First up, feminism. We hear women say, I'm a feminist, an independent woman. I can do what a man can do. I don't need a man. That is European woman's talk. A goddess knows her worth and does not distract or involve herself in ridiculous campaigns of begging a man to respect her. 
feminism is a construct of the European, used to divide the black king and queen and assimilate the dark woman. The feminist movement is a fight about economic rights and personal, personal control. But why is the dark woman jumping on the bandwagon of this cause? It's because we have settled into the European system and mindset. So we see ourselves as having the same fight as a European woman. And that is absolute rubbish. Hear this. On one hand, the European man puts his woman on a pedestal above other women because that is about him, an extension of him. He is saying how great he is. On the other hand, he still believes that his woman is beneath him. So within a Western racist power structure, where does that leave you? Think. The Western woman had to campaign for equality the right to own property, the, the right to vote, and so on. You, as a dark woman in your rightful society, did not have to do that. You and your king were equals, just with different roles. But those roles were executed in unity. All of the rights and privileges that the European woman has protested and campaigned for, African women already had thousands of years ago. How many times do I need to say it? We were revered by our kings. We did not need feminist rights. Our attributes and powers as goddesses was recognised as equal. Europeans who were present in what was known then as Kemet and now as Egypt, our, our land was renamed by them, you know, after, you know, we were conquered. Anyway, at the time... Um, they were astonished with the customs of dark men and women ruling happily together alongside one another. And that the men were quite comfortable with it, our men, and didn't feel their manhood undermined in the least. The Europeans didn't understand the reason for this. Was that, you know, the, the dark woman was held in high esteem? You know, in ancient African cultures whereby... The European woman, on the other hand, were not afforded such rights or freedoms and were not held in that high esteem. But, fast forward, 400 years, as a result of the Holocaust, you, the melanated woman, find yourselves at the bottom of Western society with your nation fragmented, taking on causes that have absolutely nothing to do with you. And... Therefore, reinforcing the power that the European holds over you, which distracts you from your progression. A feminist agenda is a distraction that will not progress your cause as a goddess of your nation. Your rights as a dark woman will never be equal to that of the white woman. In the eyes of the European, within his power structure, any so-called equal rights that he sees fit to grant he grants to his woman not you you are a backdrop to any rights a consequence you are not the actual real receiver of the rights or for whom they were created you don't really qualify under their rules remember we are africans first and women second our life journey is far removed from that of the 
the, the European woman, we have in common gender. And that is where the similarities end as our life experiences are incomparable. Your story and experiences are on opposite spheres of the spectrum. We must recognize that the African man is in a racist, psychological and economic war, which is also your war. A fight for survival and power, which he happens to be losing. Imagine if the African man loses the war completely and he is wiped out. Where do you think that would leave you, the African woman? Any feminist movement for you thereafter would be immaterial. Let's get our priorities right. You don't need feminism. It's foolhardy. You are goddesses from genes of greatness. I'm back, girls. Let's talk colorism. The various shades of black are used as a tool against us to keep us fighting and believing that one shade is better than the other. The lighter shade is better than dark. When really we are all melanated sisters that should unite regardless of shade. However, the oppressor used colorism as a tool to divide us during the Holocaust. The lighter you are, the higher your status, and of course being brainwashed, we believed it, and it has become a legacy. I'm going to tell you a quick story. Here we go with the stories. You know I love the stories, and I hope you do too. So, here we go. At the age of seven, a girl actually subconsciously understood economics in that white people had wealth and black people didn't. She wanted wealth, even at this very young age. So she set about changing her skin colour as she equated white with wealth. As a seven-year-old African-Caribbean girl, she walked up to her mother and said, Mummy, I want to be white. Her mother laughed and went about her business, believing that she was somehow joking. The child thought, she does not believe, believe me. So she said it again. I want to be white, mummy. Her mother then became angry and shouted at her to stop being stupid. She thought, she wants to be white. The child thought, um, you know, she wants to be white. Carmen's white, which a friend's. Catherine is white, another friend, and they have lots of toys, a stack of bees, a comic books, a nice house, a cottage in the country, and money. So, you know, so white, then she thinks that then white, she can have all those things because you're white, and that's child, child logic. So she left the room and entered the kitchen where she used a chair to climb up to the cupboard and obtain a packet of flour. There was always flour in the house for dumplings and bakes, as dumplings and bake were a regular part of meals. Bajans will know what bake is. Non-Bajans, please consult your Bajan friends. <laughs> anyway, the child re-entered the room where her mother was, and she stood in front of her mother and screamed, I want to be white. And she proceeded to pour the whole packet of flour 
over herself and shouted repeatedly, I want to be white. Empresses, that child was me. What a sad state of affairs, a situation of self-hate that many little girls have endured. I wanted to be white from the age of seven. I understood the concept of economics from a literal perspective. So my logical childlike mind thought in order to have wealth, one would have to be white. So I took steps to do so. I wanted to be Wazungu. Yes, I did. For those of you who are unaware of the word Wazungu, it simply means white people in Swahili. So when I, um, when I, um, relive that episode in my life, it actually brings tears to my eyes. A desperate child uncomfortable in her own skin, her dark skin. The emotion, emotional turmoil I must have felt, torn between an unwanted reality and a fantasy that I wanted to make my reality. Turn into my mother for help, but alas, she could not. So I took matters into my own hands to create change at the tender age of seven. At this point in time, I attribute my then self-hate to a matter of economics. All the people that I knew that were associated with um, and who I observed and, and I separated them into colour and then into financial attainment, wealth, housing, lifestyle, clothes, toys, cars, all the materialistic things that money brings to make one's lifestyle comfortable and enjoyable. I didn't know anything about the mechanics of the system, but what I saw and lived was the outcomes of it. That was the psychology behind my self-hate. Powerlessness through the lack of economic attainment. The haves and haves not white people had and black people did not have. I witnessed it and I was living it. I no longer wanted to be who I was. I wanted my skin color to be different because of what I believed it represented. And the rules of the economic game meant that you had to be white to win. White represented wealth and black represented poverty. I was the product of abject poverty and I wanted to change my environment by any means necessary. My view of the world through a child's eyes saw exactly what was. I was clearly on a quest for wealth at the tender age of seven, and I took the action to fulfill my quest within what I believed to be my capabilities. Even though I exposed, I was exposed to wealth through, um, through fraternising with white people, I believed that my desire for wealth was innate. Although I lived in abject poverty day after day, there was a battle going on inside me for who I really was. It was like a Jekyll and Hyde. I was a product of true ancestral greatness, but my living reality was an environment where people like me were, were um, covertly um, taught self-hate and lived life as a con consequence of that. You can't believe you are great until you eliminate self-hate. Dark Girl Boss quote. <laughs> Still on colorism, girls, but we moved it a notch. 
skin bleaching. The basis of skin bleaching is a desire uh, to have whiter skin. As a child, my desire to have white skin was based on an identity crisis, self-hate and economics. Two elements of why people lighten their skin today, albeit subconscious. It is, however, clear as day that the belief of lighter skin will bring one riches and closer to white privilege. The other is the need to feel beautiful, accepted and loved. As in our current state, as dark people, we are made to feel ugly and unloved because of our dark skin. We hold lighter skin in high regard and crave it due to the centuries of legacies of the Holocaust, enslavement, colonialism and global white domination affecting um, dark men and women across the entire world. The centuries of programming and conditioning, the continuous elevation of the white woman as the pinnacle and standard of beauty, we all aspire to, um, we all aspire to, results in our self-loathing and self-hate. Enter skin bleaching. In our community, having lighter skin has always been viewed as some form of higher standard. We can't deny that. One would get treated better, be given more opportunities and be deemed as more attractive based on shade. This practice has made dark people lighten their skin to be more accepted, get jobs and progress through life. Again, a demonstration that the self-hate equates to an economic situation. We practice the skin bleaching to receive respect and opportunity, which is a matter of economics. There's an African-American organization um, called Pushback that I became aware of some years ago, and they state the following. Skin bleaching is a multi-million dollar industry. Multi-million dollar. Corporations based in India, China, Europe, and the US benefit from colorism and perpetrate it through advertisements depicting lighter skin tone celebrities and people living their best lives based on lighter skin. Products also use deceptive language to mask racism and colorism, um, like it will lead to brighter, cleaner, or clearer skin, but all that means is whiter. End of pushback statement. I have an example. One hospitality training program in Jamaica specifically requested light-skinned black women for reception or front, front, front house roles. So skin bleaching points out a systemic global culture that normalizes colorism and racism. An African-American professor, his name is um, Ronald Hall, states, to be black in the world today is to be stigmatized for having dark skin. To be light-skinned, on the other hand, is to be celebrated in line with Western beauty standards. Black people not only experience the stigma from outside of their racial group, the bias against dark skin has always been also been internalized by black people the world over and manifests as colorism within the black community. So, Dark Girl Boss says, in a cruel twist of psychological warfare, your oppressor makes you hate your dark skin and then gets rich 
of you trying to make yourself white. They give you an identity crisis and you spend your money on trying to achieve it. It's always come back to self-belief, action and economics. Colorism, colonialism, feminism, racism are intertwined. All the isms are weaved into every aspect of your life. The white Jesus, we were and still are taught to worship as a God, which is telling us that white is godliness. That's the psychology behind that. The school system, your children are brainwashed for years, taught lies about white history as being all powerful and great, whilst being indirectly taught to be failures. The prison system, designed to lock us away, preventing creation or maintaining a family unit and empire building. In the US, black people account for 40% of the prison population. Um, I think these figures may be a little outdated, but nonetheless, um, but only 12% of the population overall. The number of black people jailed in England and Wales is seven times larger than the amount they make up of the population. That's the result of a racist judicial system. These are systemic measures in place to get as many of you as possible in the prisons. Men mostly, but women too. And they are earning from you within the prison system. In 2015, I believe it was, an ex-British Prime Minister pledged to spend £25 million on building a prison in Jamaica so that Jamaican nationals locked up in the UK can be sent home to Jamaica to serve their sentences there. The Jamaican badass warrior queen, Prime Minister at the time, uh, Portia Simpson-Miller, spoke directly to Britain's uh, Prime Minister and basically told him where to stick it and called for Britain to pay reparations for its role in the slave trade. And his response was, um, financial reparations are not the right approach. He is, however, willing to spend 25 million, million on a prison. They do not want you to be financially independent with millions or billions or, of pounds or dollars. That's why they won't pay reparations. Money is power. And if you had it as a collective, you would be all too powerful, a powerful force, which they are afraid of. Hear this. In the US, the 13th Amendment, yeah, some kind of law that they have, enables prisons to use people as um, slaves. They carry out work as though um, they're employees, but they don't get paid. So the large corporations that are in bed with the prisons exploit the 13th Amendment and have inmates acting as their slaves to make their products and goods for them all, all the time whilst not being paid. The UK has outsourced cleaning and maintenance of more than 100 public sector prisons. Private companies have placed bids for five-year contracts to... Um, each worth a total of 100 million a year. Electronic tagging, another one. Um, prisoner contracts worth around 44 million pounds. Um, you know, these are, these are the things that I wrote about in my book, Black Sterling. So these figures are pro have probably increased by now. Yeah. You and your kings 
have been transferred from the plantations to the prison economy through the racist criminal justice system. The police force is a major part of the system too. They started as slave patrollers. The earliest formal, formal slave patrol was created in the Carolinas in the early 1700s with one mission, to establish a system of terror and squash slave uprisings to pursue, apprehend and return runaway slaves to their owners. Sound familiar? Now they have become formalised and named as police forces. Colonialism. Racism. Again, in my book Black Sterling, I deconstruct all of the issues of the system. I dive deep into its psychology. And that, at that time, um, when I wrote it, um, as a means of freedom, I was talking of an independent economic system for us, for us as a people. And I still believe that. But what I realise is that it can never work in Europe. We would still be under European control. I have to go back and repeat what Akon said. Africa is the only place in the world where black people can go and build Fortune 500 companies from scratch within five years. Black people go back to Africa. Whatever you are doing here, do it there. Whether it's real estate, entertainment, education, whatever, do it there. From a personal pers perspective, I'm on a Marcus Garvey trip and I'm not giving up on my people. Two kings I know, born and raised in the UK, packed up and left. One settled in Tanzania and the other in Ghana. For me, Sierra Leone is the place I've chosen. Empresses, I know, have also upped and left with their family to various places on the continent. We all need to choose a preferred continent and go for it. Let's explore that subject in more depth, face to face, live in the Dark Girl Boss private community. I want you to imagine just for one moment a place where your children grow up outside of a white supremacist racist system. A place where everyone looks like you, no concerns of police brutality, racist judicial, judicial systems, people don't think you're ugly because you're black. In this imaginary place, you will be free, own land, grow your own food if you choose, build schools for your children and teach about the greatness of the African, their ancestors, build business, build empires. If this was your reality, what happened to our young teenage queen last week would never happen in a society where we are in control of our own politics, our ecosystems, etc. And we have collective wealth. It can be done. There just needs to be a willingness to do it. Empresses, let's work together and strategize in a safe place, a platform, private platform, where we can have virtual video meetups and even arrange meetups in person. If you are a badass warrior queen that I know you are deep down inside of you, join the Dark Girl Boss private exclusive community at darkgirlboss.com. We need to strategize, plan and take action on the future of our children, the next generation 
of leaders where they do not suffer racism and all the other isms. Empresses, dark girl bosses, that's it for this week. Don't forget, you were born great. Appreciate your natural beauty. You are a goddess and you are the other half of the black king. You are the one, you are one and you need each other. Recognise your greatness and revel in it for you cannot wait upon your oppressor to validate your God-given natural stature. Dark Girl Boss quote. Peace and blessings to you all. May the spirit of the ancestors guide and be with you. Positive vibrations every time. So until next week, next Sunday, this is Khadija Ward and I'm out. Introducing the Dark Girl Boss podcast for the melanated woman and girl across the globe. Unlock your genes of greatness. Feel powerful within the skin you are in. Love your unique DNA through our stories, facts, original narratives, quotes and poems. Join me, your host, Khadija Ward, on all major podcast platforms. Feel great and do great with the Dark Girl Boss podcast, not to be missed.